0: Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we are joined once again this week by Brian Lockhart of the Marine Corps Movie Minute and the Marvel Events Timeline. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you uh, for Minute 71. Uh, This minute starts with uh, Wade punching Morgan in the face. And it ends with wade giving dalton a disapproving look so uh, some more quality wade time this is going to be the the conclusion of our fight out on the loading dock and it's going to transition into this uh all-nighter date uh with doc uh, but let's uh let's let's stay out on the loading dock for for a little bit what do we think i mean so this there's couple different rounds here. I mean, there's sort of, there's, there's Wade against Morgan and then very briefly, or I guess we start with Wade and O'Connor. Um, and this may be sort of like an obscure question. Have either one of you ever played the game, Mike Tyson's punch out? Yes. No. <laughs> okay. So I've written down in my notes, O'Connor in this minute looks just like Glass Joe. Um, Cause he does this thing. Wade does this thing where he hits him in the face. And he just sort of stands there for no, like, just sort of as as a statue. And then Wade comes back with his right cross and just sends him, like, he sends him into the brick wall. And then he just, like, ricochets off the wall into the nearest dumpster. I wish somebody said, now that's what I call taking out the trash. <laughs> I got to agree with Brad Wesley in this minute. O'Connor has no tolerance for pain. He's really not good at fighting. <laughs> Messy bleeder. He is a, he is, he's definitely a messy fighter for sure. So what did you think about the beginning of this minute, Marcy?
1: Well, I always think it's funny when people land in dumpsters, like. (laughs) What? I I don't know how I could ever tolerate being in a dumpster. I feel like it's one of the more disgusting places to go. Um, But, you know, it's kind of like a movie thing. Like you can, you can jump out of a building and you jump into the dumpster and you're fine. Or, you know, in this case we get knocked out and. Um, fall gracefully back into the comfort of a
0: dumpster. It is a nice soft landing. It seems like it. if, If he had fallen backwards off the loading dock, that seems like that would have been much worse.
1: Yeah, I think it's fraught with hazards though. There's gotta be there's gotta be some terrible stuff in there.
0: Yeah, I was
2: already it was before the double deuce got cleaned up. It would be um it would be a bunch of heroin needles in there.
0: Shards. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shards for sure. Broken models <laughs> and eye and eyeballs. Eyeballs, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. And we get so so Dalton seems to have regained some of his strength, and, and we get this lovely little like. Back and forth where Wade and Dalton basically use Morgan like a, like a human rag doll. Yeah. Ping pong, see, they ping pong them back and forth table it, tennis. <laughs> I get the feeling that the two of them have like done that before. Like that that's a routine that they're used to. Morgan
1: spends a lot of time spinning around so that he's appropriately positioned to get hit by the next guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Until he just sort of doesn't really have anything else to do yeah. and just falls down unconscious. Yeah, that's a. I mean, again, so we've talked about the fact that Terry Funk obviously has done all of these things a million times before. He does a good job falling down on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a good that's a good stuntman type fall.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm so used to. Uh, I mean, he does. He he falls right back on his back like he's flat on the mat. Like it almost looks like that how they train the wrestlers to do it. Um, but it's funny to for me to see Terry Funk like this, because it's been so long since I've seen him, you know, fairly, I would say even at a, as a 44-year-old man who's still pretty much in his prime, I'm, I'm so used to him being an old man still wrestling, and, and, he, and he looks funny. So it's he seems, you know, tough, and, and of course, to then land flat on his back like that, yeah, he does a pretty good job. Is he still wrestling now? I mean, I don't know if he is like now now, but How, it was not that long ago that he was still he was still wrestling. I, I can't imagine at his age, he's still
0: wrestling now, but no, but I mean, was he wrestling into like his 60s? Oh yeah.
1: Oh my god. Wow. Jeez, um, yeah,
0: he he's retired like 15 times.
2: He's wow, yeah. He just keeps coming back. And he, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh they they feature him prominently on, I think it's um not, I forget the. Name, uh, I'm blanking on, and I was gonna call it Wrestling with Shadows, but there was a documentary about wrestling, and it wasn't that one. And uh, uh, Beyond the Mat, he's on Beyond the Mat. And they should, they literally take him to the doctors, and they talk about how he has like no cartilage in his knees, and he should have, you know, retired 20 years ago, <laughs> and uh, he just, he just keep going. Oh, for wow. sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, I want to give my man Jack some credits once again. So Jack is the um brian jack is kind of the large the larger of Ah, the bouncers um want to give him credit once again for being captain obvious his line in this minute is hey there's a fight going on out back (laughs) jack always seems to react with utter shock whenever there's ever a fight going on at the double deuce so I, i i appreciate the fact that he is um maintaining character in this minute
2: Oh. If you if they had only noticed a little bit earlier, Wade wouldn't have had to get involved, and they could have helped out their boss Dalton.
0: Yeah, these yeah. everybody just seems to sort of arrive on the scene very conveniently once this whole fight is over.
2: Well, I think they're following Dalton. I mean, Wade out, and they're like, "What the? What? Where? You know, where is he going?" And, and maybe maybe when he opened the door, they heard a commotion, or maybe it got even more chaotic now that there's the you know more more parties involved with this fight, and
0: it. You know, we gotta give the movie some credit, <laughs>
2: you know, or or help them help them explain why they didn't come out and help them out. That's the yeah, like,
0: job. <laughs> literally, everybody from the previous minute is now in this minute. Right. Like everybody has moved out. Like uh I think it's very cute and kind of sweet that uh Carrie Ann is shepherding Cody out onto the loading dock (laughs) Mm -hmm. since presumably that might be a little challenging for him. So good job by her. I don't often give Carrie a lot of credit. So I guess I'll give her a little bit of credit in this minute. Don't let Cody fall off the loading dock.
1: (laughs) In the last minute I mentioned how um, sweaty Terry Funk is Um, in this minute. I am noticing how all of Dalton's sweat is concentrated in his hair. Um, So if you go to second 15, he's lost all of the flow to, like, a mega wet hairdo. Oh. Like, he's just drenched all in his hair. It doesn't seem like it's anywhere else, though. It's a very bizarre sweat situation.
2: It's almost as if they sprayed him down.
1: Like, the mullet needed to look really, really wet. That's I feel like weird. his
0: hair is, I don't know that his hair has ever looked this bad, but I feel like in his other fight scenes, like, that's his go-to move, is to just kind of, like, get sweaty in the head. Yeah. We'll see more of that as we get into some of the more, even more intense fight scenes in this movie, for sure. Nice introduction for Wade Garrett, right? Where Cody introduces us and says, gentleman, Wade Garrett. Uh, and Hank says, holy, you know what? Um, Sam Elliott is great in this minute. You know, like when he just says, exactly right. He's <laughs> <laughs> just so damn cool. He is yeah. so cool.
1: And then we get the double deuce bouncers like helping up all of these guys that they just beat up. And I don't know. I kind of question that. Like, are they helping them up to just like get them off their property or Mm -hmm. would it just be better to just, um, I don't know, turn around and go back in? Uh,
0: What should you do with them? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, clearly they are having no end of fun about Morgan. Right. You know, they say out loud, Morgan, nice to see you. Yeah. But that is kind of weird. Like Hank is pulling O'Connor out of the dumpster. Yeah. What do you think happened? So what do you think they do with Wesley's henchmen after they've picked them up?
1: Well, they're they're on a loading dock which has like a three foot drop, right? So, if they get these guys up, do they just like throw them off the end, or do they help in their in their day's state, like help them gently off the loading dock? I don't know.
0: It's you know that. So Marcy, that is a good unanswered question. Like one of those guys has to drive the rest of them home.
1: Yeah, like. What do you care once you beat up O'Connor if he's in your dumpster? Like the man is now, can he get his own self out of the dumpster? Like, why do you help him? I don't know.
0: Who do you think out of all of these henchmen is in the best shape after this fight?
1: I think Tinker because I think (laughs) Tinker went flying off the loading dock and probably tucked and rolled and it's just kind of like down there being okay.
0: <laughs> so he can drive the re- he can drive the rest of them back. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. I I would just point out too, I don't know that we talked about this in in either of the two previous minutes, but it you know, it Wade looks extra cool just dressed head to toe in black. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, Marcy, we were talking about how Dalton dresses in black. Before he, you know, when he's doing his whole three rules thing, he's dressed from head to toe in black, too. This is definitely like a mm. like a, I'm going to look cool by dressing all in black kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And it's the kind of black that's like all different shades because it's so old and faded. <laughs> Just like Wade Garrett's hair. It's like kind of shades of
0: blackish gray.
1: It's a good scene.
0: I enjoy this. Anybody. Uh, Brian, you got anything else about what's going on here out on the loading dock?
2: No, I really don't. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. It's a fight All scene. Right. It, it wraps it up. Everybody has a little fun at the uh, bad guy's expense, and and
0: off we go to the next scene. Can we talk about this brick-sized hole in the windshield? <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a, a couple of notes. Um, according to the director's commentary, they came up with the idea of how to shoot this scene. So, for you know, people who haven't seen this movie in a little while, Dalton and and Wade are driving to pick up Doc, and like. Literally way to sitting in the passenger seat with a brick-sized hole in the windshield that exactly frames his face. And so according to Rowdy Harrington, they they came up with this idea on the night when they were shooting.
2: You would think that would take some prep time because if, if they didn't break the glass just right, uh well, I guess they probably cut it. It looks like plastic. I don't know. It seems like they would it would but take some it. time to set up basically.
1: Doesn't that safety glass stuff kind of stay together quite a bit? Like, even if you were to throw a brick at your windshield, or maybe, you know, this is 40 Could years be. ago,
0: right? I think if you threw a brick at the windshield, they, I think they had safety glass back then, but I think, like, the whole windshield would turn into, like...
1: The whole windshield would be yeah. a spider yeah. web.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. it almost looks like they
2: removed the... The glass and put like plexiglass there and try to doctor it up to look like that. But mm-hmm. and I don't
0: know. I mean, not for nothing. But we've had other guests on who have attempted to estimate how long it's taken for you know how long it. So, Brian, how long do you think Dalton has been in town at this point in the movie?
2: I don't know, weeks to a month or two. It, like it can't, it can't it can't be that long, but long enough that they've had time to you know get new uniforms and and they're starting to. You know what? Clearly, the double deuce is—it looks a lot cleaner than it was. I feel like he's been there for a little bit of time. You know?
0: Yeah, we've 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 had previous guests have estimated it as like maybe a month or two, and Dalton, yeah. so this is the hole from Dalton's windshield on the very first night that he was working at the double deuce. They still oh. haven't replaced his windshield, or or Marcy, do you think that this is another brick-sized hole in the windshield?
1: Well, I mean, he keeps having to replace his tires, so. I mean, we see that part, but maybe maybe he's also replaced the windshield. Like, I don't feel like I've noticed the hole in the windshield before, but maybe we haven't seen his car in a while.
0: He had a hole in his windshield when Doc drove up. Uh, when, 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 when she they, dropped
1: when they, him off from the first date?
0: When he had a stop sign through his passenger oh, side window. There was yeah. still a brick-sized hole in his windshield. So there's either two brick-sized holes in exactly the same spot, or they just never get around to fixing the first one. I always assumed it was the same same hole. Me too. So my question is, I mean, Red is, he was right when he said it was going to take a while to get this windshield. This windshield is still not here, and it's been about two months. So we're going to pick up Doc. Um, I think I think Dalton is very cute in this minute. I think you get a lot of, like, father and son kind of thing. I feel like Dalton is talking to Wade, like, just like he would talk to his dad, like if he's you know gonna go if he wants to introduce him to his his girlfriend for the first time.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a like a I mean that's why I go to mentor mentee, but um, there's definitely a a like older brother type vibe because something he says in the next minute, uh, Wade, it makes me think that they're not too different in age, um, but but old enough that that he's definitely the older brother, like it's the same Elliot seems so
0: much older than everybody (laughs) yeah I mean I've always thought it was more of sort of a father-son kind of relationship because you know Wade calls Dalton Miho which is a which is slang for my son Hmm. um but yes there's there's definitely there's 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 that kind of vibe I also noticed that Wade says you know when uh, when Dalton says, "I've got someone f- for you," I-, I want you to meet. Uh, Wade says, "Uh oh," which kind of makes it seems like this is something that they've done before. So, Marcy, do you have a? Do you are I you getting any Memphis vibes from this minute? Memphis?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know what happened to Dalton in Memphis.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Um, I I think that he's like Wade is expressing some concern for him, like maybe. He's getting involved with the local town and he really should be more detached from it Uh. because, um, you know, Wade is concerned that he hasn't healed from what happened in the past. Um, And, you know, Like, I I don't know. I feel like it's more of a concern thing than... um,
0: He's concerned that something bad would happen to him, or he's just concerned that he's making the same mistake? Yeah. What do you think is Wade's approach to, like, I don't know, any personal relationships? Do you think he's just decided, I'm not going to get involved with anything? I'm just not going to become emotionally attached to anybody? It sure seems that way. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's pretty detached. It's not that he's not interested in women. We're going to see in an upcoming uh, minute that he is certainly more than willing to, uh, to show that he finds uh, women in the double dose attractive, but maybe he just doesn't allow himself to get emotionally involved.
1: Yeah. I think he's a detached romantic, like he would, uh,
0: or maybe it's not romance that he's looking for in these types of situations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, yeah, probably like, I think that he's going to use all his charm to sweep a woman off his feet, but he really doesn't want to have to have a, like an extensive relationship with her.
2: Hmm. It also does make sense, though. Like, if you're a traveling, you know, cooler basically bouncer going from you know town to town, um, cleaning up and then moving on. Like, you're, you're basically living a a nomadic life. What don't get involved with these, you know, local people. Don't get involved with um you are just gonna get hurt. And obviously what happened in the past was uh you know, don't don't let the past repeat itself. So
0: I have a little bit from the scripts. Guess what, Marcy? It's script time. So so Brian, I've got a copy of the shooting strip from Roadhouse, um, which we've looked at from time to time. Um, In this particular part of the script, and you all can tell me what you think about this, this is when Wade arrives on the scene for the first time. So the first thing he says to Dalton is, I'm quitting, Dalton. That's what I've come to tell you. And Dalton is kind of taken aback. And then Wade says, my knees, my shoulders, my hands, I've been racked so many times, I'm down to bone on bone. They hurt when I get up in the morning. They hurt Mm -hmm. when I make a fist. Sometimes they just hurt all the time. And then he says... Uh, I made my, I made the money, youngster. I made big and I spent big. That's all somebody can ask for. Uh, and then he says, "I don't need it. I've got enough. I'm gonna go to Austin." Uh, and last part of this, he says, uh, Wade says, "Besides, every year some new punk walks in the door of wherever the places I'm at, looking to wipe the floor with me. Every year they get a little bigger and I get a little smaller. I think something in me wants to wants to walk away while I can." Hmm. What do we think about this version of Wade?
1: I don't want to know all that. I think that there, like, it's better to have him just be road weary and have that come out with, you know, how his body moves. But you, we don't need to have it so explicitly laid out for us.
2: Yeah, he, um, Sam Elliott plays it like that was stated. Like, he, you see him move like an old guy, and and it yeah. might be hurting, but he's still, you know, he's still tough, but he. You know, he's he's been through the ringer, and that's exactly it. And it's not necessary. It's not needed. I mean, if you wanted to make a point about him retiring and and basically trying to teach Dalton a lesson, okay, maybe. But, for what we get in this uh, movie, we don't we don't need that extra bit of information. Sam, it's cool enough, and he he does let you let I me mean, just look at him. He looks. <laughs> we already
0: talked about how he look, looks much older than he really is in real life. So, yeah, it took him about fifteen seconds to get off of this motorcycle. I think we can tell that his yeah. muscles are not working the way that they should. But yeah, no, I agree with you, Marcy. I think I think this this makes him just seem less than.
1: Yeah, sometimes it you, just the performance watching these people perform is so much better than having it just laid out for you like that. It's like a like a teledonna when we were talking about our West Wing weekly where it was just like, "Oh, here's all the information that you're an idiot and you can't pick up because you you don't you don't understand what actors do for a living, you know." So
0: well, maybe they write that stuff in the script so that they can get that kind of performance, and then you don't need to include it. Well, I like it the way they did it. I do too. I don't know if you know this, Brian, but the original rough cut of, the, of Roadhouse reportedly was approximately three and a half hours. That's too long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very it's, few movies that earn that, and this is one. It's not, it's one not of Lonesome <laughs> Dove. And they, so, they, yeah, so half of the movie is on the cutting room floor somewhere. Uh, speaking of the cutting room floor, before we get to the end of this minute, Marcy, very excited to tell you, this is Patrick Swayze song number two. Wow. In the car, we are listening. I believe it is in the car. What they are listening to on the radio is a song not only performed by Patrick Swayze, but written by Patrick Swayze. It's called Cliff's Edge. So I couldn't
1: really hear it like both those songs, like you were saying in the last minute, like over the, um, the dialogue, it was
0: really inaudible. Brian, have you seen the movie dirty dancing recently? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say super recently, but not so long ago that I
2: don't intimately remember that movie. And I was going to make a point about how he, that came out before and he had a big hit with that song with, um, she's like the wind right
0: well that's what i was going to ask you if you if you like she's like the wind and you think you would be a fan of of patrick swayze songs if possible
2: i yeah i mean i think that's a great song and
0: i think I, he does a good job singing it i do too that song predates the movie like they just sort of had it and they were looking for something to lay in there at that point and they're just like hey i got this song yeah i don't know about these two songs um it, it's uh it's, it, they're so minor in this movie that it's not like they really need to carry any emotional weight. Honestly, I'm not really sure why well, they're included here except that this is Patrick Swayze's movie.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Is he like a producer on this at all because sometimes, you know, he's definitely the star. He's his you know, he's a known quantity at this time. He's he's, on, he's a rising star. I
0: don't believe be a... he is one of the producers. Um, okay. but, but certainly but I mean it. could be he's... like a, well, I was gonna say it could be like a vanity thing. You know, like um
2: yeah, you're gonna all right. So he's not a producer, let's say, but he's the star. Hey, what's another way we can maybe give you some extra money? Um, let's or he's like, Hey, I got these songs. I'm the star. It'd be really cool if you put it in my movie. You know, yeah, that
0: type of thing. I think that last scenario is probably the one. I mean, this is clearly his movie. He is he is credited before the title of the movie. This is Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse, um, and that's probably what happened. He just probably came up to Rowdy Harrington one day and said, "Hey, I got these songs. If you have a, if there's a point in the movie where you need background audio, knock yourself out." Uh, he, uh, you know,
2: I, you know, I did, uh, I did, uh, Heartbreak Rage with Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood is a pretty decent musician. He's, um, he's scored some of his own, or he's come up with the main titles of some of his later movies. And uh, there's two, two or three songs that he composed and and did the music for. And some uh, like his pro- this young woman was like his protege, and she's singing them in the background. And it's the same thing. They're in the bars, you can barely hear them. But when I'm doing when when I was doing the minutes, if you put your headphones in, you could you hear them a lot better. And you're like, hey, you know, what's what's going on here? So it, it feels like a similar type of situation.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, Brian, on our Wednesday shows, we like to have a little fun with our guests um, by giving them a, I guess, a personality quiz of sorts. Um, <laughs> so it's a simple question. Which of Brad Wesley's henchmen do you feel like you most identify with? Do you need me to give you a little Cliff Notes rundown? No,
2: I, I think so.
0: O- O'Connor is the one that.
2: That's the goof, right? He's the one that's got the bandaid on his head. And, yeah, that's O'Connor. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like to say a Terry Funk. Yeah, uh, you know, he's not the smartest man, but uh, I'd have to go with O'Connor.
0: So, oh, so, so you, you'd like to be Morgan, but you feel like you're yeah. O'Connor. Why is yeah. that? Well, Terry Funk's just cool, and he's tough. Um, but I mean, I I've definitely I've been in some fights. I've also lost a few. <laughs> <laughs> and, hopefully you haven't lost as many as O'Connor. He no, seems to no. have never won a fight. Ever. Right.
2: I've done okay for a time or two, but, um, yeah. And, and he's just the mess up of the, of the, of the, of the crew. And, you know, as much as I want to be, you know, adult Dalton or awake, you know, let's, let's be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably, you know, uh, that's probably who I am most you know that's the other two are just physically too different for me to be i mean if you want to go personality wise but um yeah i'm I'm not i'm not big either way you know i'm not tall i'm not wide so yeah o'connor you can you
0: could you can reference the other ones that are not in this minute too you know there's several of brad wesley's henchmen that we have not included um, because they don't they don't show up here
2: you're right and you're right i'm definitely not evil dalton you know i'm definitely not uh you're not you're
0: not jimmy (laughs) yeah okay and, uh, and you're not you're not ketchum uh which one's ketchum ketchum is the guy with a knife in his boot no nah, i'm not ketchum either okay. I'm O'Connor. <laughs> well you're you're not you're not the first o'connor uh and so i appreciate that choice and your 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 self uh awareness um that's 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 good to hear and on that note brian can you just uh, remind us again where we can find you on the interwebs
2: yeah that's uh as i've already stated um always be plugging marine corps movie minute podcast is uh where you can find me uh i'm the you know marine corps movie minute pod on both instagram and uh twitter and it's marvel events pod for the marvel events timeline podcast i'm a co-host of with travis bow
0: and that is on instagram and twitter as well well fantastic we we'll, we come back in a, in a couple of days brian for one more time I would love to. Oh, good. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @rh_minute, and you can email us at Nice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye.